at SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. We're going into our word domination and we're doing something slightly different today. We're going back to a book that was in fact released a couple of years back. I think it was 2018. And the reason we're doing this is that yesterday we were talking about the Cannabis Craft Summit. It's going to be taking place virtually over the 25th and the 26th of February. And one of the topics at the Craft Summit is called the rise of psychedelics and the psychedelic industry. We're going to be chatting to uh, the SciTech uh, CEO from uh, Israel, who is going to be talking at that that particular craft summit or cannabis craft summit or psychedelic craft summit, whatever you want to call it. And we thought, let's go back to a book that was released by an author called Michael Pollan in 2018. And the book was called How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. It was released by Penguin Press, and I have to say it is one of the most phenomenal reads I have ever read. And I'm not sure I've ever spoken about it, but we thought it might be valuable to talk about it a little bit further here in our um, word domination feature. So Michael Kevin Pollan is an American author, and he's a journalist. Ostensibly, he is a journalist, and he's currently the Knight Professor of Science and Environmental Journalism at uh, the University of Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism. He's the author of seven books, and I got to know him through the 2013 book, which was called Cooked, A Natural History of Transformation. And what the book did is it organized um, the elements of fire, water, air, and earth in relation to how we look at food and the history of food. So Cooked was uh, Cooked, A Natural History of Transformation, focused on the history of food and focusing on fire as cooking with fire and heat, water braising and boiling with pots, air looking at things like bread making, and earth looking at things like fermenting, maybe making beer or whatever the case may be. But he then went back in history, and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal look at how we look at the history of food and the impact of example for things like cooking. So once we learned how to start to cook our meat, we then were able to grow stronger teeth. We then grew taller and it changed our world. The other thing he said about food, and that was in relation to that book and a series of other books he wrote about cooking and the history of environment and food, was eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And, of course, he's renowned for that particular, as uh, I think it was the New York Times called it his, the Michael Pollan haiku, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Now, when Michael Pollan turned 60, He wrote a book called How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. And as I said, it was published around two and a half years ago. And in the book, he talks of how the seed for writing the book was the moment of attempting to understand both his spirituality and his mortality at the age of 60. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal writer, a fascinating writer. He's meticulous in his approach. But what he does is he weaves together medicine, philosophy, cultural criticism, natural history, and much, much more. And of course, in this book, he has to take a look at the history, the use of psychedelics and the history of psychedelics in the 60s. We heard of the potential medicinal values and the research therein. And he also documents that uh, as that research ended in the 70s, and that was very much thanks to the activity of Timothy Leary and his acolytes, people got very afraid of the way Leary was talking and his acolytes were talking and there was a huge shutdown on the use and study 
of um, not only the medicinal value, values of uh, psychedelics, but the other usage as well. Over the last decade or so, there's been an uptake in that research, and Pollen talks about this and addresses it in his book. Ostensibly, though, what he does in the book is he creates an expansive journey into human consciousness. What is human consciousness and what is the human mind? And he puts himself forward as a guinea pig and he talks of what that experience is as a 60-year-old taking various different psychedelic drugs, psilocybin and the like. And he says that he realizes that the opposite of spirituality is not materiality. It's uh, egotism. And that in taking psychedelics, what one does is one breaks down one's ego and finds a true spiritual experience. Now, obviously, that's his experience. And he is in no way saying everybody has to go out and take psychedelics. But what he is saying is that there are highs and there are lows in that experience. But part of that experience is about understanding that you don't have to understand spirituality or the opposite of spirituality as materiality, but rather as understanding what ego is about. And there's an extremely profound episode or chapter in the book where he talks about psychedelia and the taking of psychedelics in relation to dying and says how when we are born, we are born without an ego. And yet when we die, we are often trapped by our ego. And that makes dying very, very difficult, which is why for some people who take psychedelics when they're dying of cancer or whatever the case may be, it becomes a very different experience. It's an extraordinary book. And for anybody who's interested in the human consciousness, I would suggest you go out. As I say, published by Penguin Press, it's Michael Pollan, and uh, the book is called How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. Now, on the line with us, we have Chaim Raklaw, and Chaim is a CEO of a company called SciTech. They focus on, um, it's a biotech firm, and focusing on the world of psychedelics, but also the technical world of that as well. Chaim, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, you've heard now what the book we have just reviewed is that we're talking about. You, of course, are going to be talking uh, on a panel around the rise of psychedelics in the industry um, again. Perhaps talk to us about the fact that we have seen this return or rise over the last decade or so. Uh, with pleasure. And um, I, uh, I enjoyed your, your comments on Michael Pollan's book. Thank a you. Core, uh, with pleasure. Uh, a core objective of my company, of SciTech, is the destigmatization uh, of psychedelics, of these compounds for medicinal use. So, uh, as you refer to uh, the reintroduction of psychedelics into the, uh, into the uh, public conversation, certainly into the medical sphere, uh, Implicit in the comment is the notion of reintroduction. Why is that? Yes. And the answer is uh, the war on drugs, the ill-conceived war on drugs that was really began in the United States in 1970. Up until that time, uh, psychedelics were, uh, for a large part, not illegal in the public sphere, but were being researched very heavily um, by the medical world. And the results of that research is, is, was at the time, uh, breakthrough. Therapies that were effective were being discovered and refined. So 
flash forward to where we are today, uh, and the notion of using psychedelics for medicinal use has come back for several reasons. Number one, the, the stigma around the war on drugs. Labeling all psychedelics as Schedule One uh, by the uh, U.S. Uh, DEA, which means Schedule One drugs mean they're absolute evil with no medicinal value whatsoever. Yeah. To put it in perspective, cocaine is a Schedule Two. So, uh, what's happened in the last ten years is the stigma has receded in the public consciousness, and that's uh, due in no small part to what's happened with cannabis, marijuana, the world over. Um, a general, uh, a generalized distrust or ability to re-examine uh, old decisions made by governments. So that led to reopening of research, um, modern versions of the research that was done uh, from the late 40s through yeah. 1970 using psychedelics. And that research has yielded such phenomenal results uh, that the regulators around the world are accelerating legalization of psychedelic-assisted therapy. And uh, I'll, I'll stop there. I hope I answered your question about what's transpired over the last 10 years. I, I love what you say about the, re, the return, I suppose one could say, to uh, researching it and taking it forward. And I mentioned that in Michael Pollan's book there is this extraordinary um, conversation uh, with a young man, not a young man, but a man, Patrick Meaties, and the conversation is about how he takes psilocybin before he passes from cancer, but just what that means, and it's an incredibly moving, moving piece as well. How are we seeing psilocybin being used medically, particularly in the space of dying? Ah, um, and you know what uh, I'm going to do? You know, Haim, what I'd like to do is we do have to go to a break. So what I'd like to do is just if we can go to the break and come back and get uh, your answer on that particular question from there. At SAFM Radio and at Mish Constant on SAFM. We're talking about a variety of angles on a book called Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. It's been around for a couple of years. And on the line with us, we have Chaim Racklaw. He is the CEO of SciTech, and he will be participating in something called the Cannabis Craft Summit, but speaking specifically on the top topic of the rise or re-rise of the psychedelics industry. And the question that I asked Chaim was around the use of psychedelics in the medicinal space, particularly in um, the space of death and dying. Hayam, thank you so much for joining us, and I'll pass the question back to you. Thank you. Um, and uh, to, uh, one clarification point on, on your comment, and I'm happy to give my thoughts on the question. Yeah. We're experiencing a re-rise in, and this is connected to the answer to your question, a re-rise in psychedelics research yes. for medicinal use. Yes. This is the first rise of psychedelics as... Uh, a health and wellness industry. Huh. Okay. Uh, the war on drugs um, shut down uh, a rise of any industry in, in 1970. That's what's happening right now. Uh, so, in terms of the the research, I'll I'll try and answer briefly. I think the most compelling, fascinating research, and certainly the most widely publicized, in no small part due to Michael Pollan's book, was the research done at Johns Hopkins. Yes. 
uh, which for those who don't know is a leading medical research institute globally based uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, the United States. In fact, uh, they they, were they've, given been very special... good, they've been very good in like following the numbers, for example, of the COVID epidemic. So they really are on top of the game as well. Uh, they're, they're a global healthcare, the world over, uh, and people mm-hmm. in the medical field know Johns Hopkins and know that their research is, uh, they're on the cutting edge of many things, but their reputation for research is, is almost unimpeachable, which is another reason, another driver of uh, the psychedelic resurgence we have now. It's not driven by a groundswell of recreational users looking to reform uh, ill-conceived laws. Yeah. Much like in cannabis, it's really driven by compelling research from fantastic research organizations about the medicinal uses to help people. And the same is true of psilocybin and end-of-life care, as you were referencing. Yeah. So uh, the, the research conducted was focused on people with deep anxiety and depression. And one cohort of people who are going to experience much more anxiety and depression than the average are going to be people who are facing their own demise, end-of-life care cancer patients. So the research that was conducted at Hopkins using uh, psilocybin, they used the pure uh, form of synthetic uh, psilocybin, because that's all that was legal to use. That's what the DEA gave them permission to use. And the results were a rate of efficacy in dealing with uh, depression and anxiety unlike any other therapy known today. And by the way, the same is true of psychedelics across the board for addiction, depression, PTSD. Um, Now, in this group, uh, what happened was that the experience of ego dissolution, something you referenced earlier when you were reviewing Michael Pollan's book, as people face demise, a feeling of greater connectivity to the universe around them. If your ego is dissolved, that's a natural byproduct. I know these yeah. may be tough for people to imagine who haven't experienced psychedelics, but this is what the research has shown. Um, led to people more peacefully uh, meeting the end of their lives, spending their last months in a and not in a depressed state. Uh, It's a hard truth facing your own death. It wasn't that they were medicated uh, into bliss like opiates. They were connected. It was the opposite. There was a greater connection to to their own transition, to their family, to what was of core importance to them through altered consciousness and ego dissolution. And one thing that's important to note for your listeners, it's not about maintaining the levels of these drugs in your blood. It's not about maintaining an altered state. It's going, it's entering and exiting an altered state. Uh, the psilocybin trips lasted six hours, and then it was over. But the effects yeah. in a therapeutic environment of those trips lasted for the rest of their lives. And that's exactly what, I mean, in the, in the, in the, the, the chapter around the Patrick Metis who is dying. That's exactly mm. what the, the conversation is about, how he felt like he was talking of having one foot in this world and one in the next, and that he was finding his way. And um, that it, it's quite profound. Actually, when I read it, I was so moved. I mean, even I look at the words now, and I, I still get, feel quite tearful, actually, because I think that opportunity Indeed. to be able to say, my true spirituality is about being able to take the journey and to 
feel safe in taking that journey. Sorry, hi, I, I, I leave you there without a question. It's, it's I suppose, just a moment for me. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, no but, worries. I could simply say I agree. It's, it's moving, touching. Yeah. It also, uh, it, it's stigma breaking, which is a, a really important issue around these therapies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, hi, so, very briefly, because we're going to have to close off soon, but the work that you're doing is obviously, I'm, I'm assuming it's in the medicinal industry. Exclusively so, yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy to describe what yeah, uh, SciTech it. is. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so SciTech, uh, SciTech's mission is to accelerate the mainstreaming of psychedelic-assisted therapies. And we do that in three ways. Uh, we, we have three business lines. One is uh, the SciTech summits and the SciTech webinars. We also, in conjunction with Chiba, who is putting on the, the event in South Africa, uh, we, uh, we bring to the market uh, psychedelic educational tools yeah. around, the, uh, around therapy, therapeutic use exclusively. Second, we uh, are opening up and operating a chain of psychiatric clinics in the United States initially. Uh, these, are, these represent the future. These are proper licensed psychiatric care facilities run by psychiatrists that are inclusive of psychedelic-assisted therapy, not exclusively psychedelic-assisted mm. therapy. And that's where this is headed. It's the medical community embracing and integrating these new therapies into the arsenal of therapeutics that they bring to the people. And in an environment where globally mental health pathology is an absolute epidemic and Absolutely. rising, it's really important. And yeah. third, we have a clinical software tool, tools to help uh, clinicians adopt uh, these therapies and use them adhering to patient safety and best practices. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to a fascinating conversation. Haim Racklaw is the SciTech CEO. He will be one of the panelists on the topic of the rise of psychedelics in the industry, the medical industry. And as he says, this is not simply uh, citizens going out and saying we're going to take psychedelics. This is uh, the medical industry using it for medical practice in a variety of spaces. We have had a couple of messages of people asking uh, the details of the books. I'll give it to you one more time. Michael Pollan, P-O-L-L-A-N, How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics, and it is published by Penguin Books in South Africa, or, or Penguin Press. It is a great read, and if you can get it, it's a bit of a tome. It's a huge book, but all his books are huge. And uh, if you want to, I would say, go out, get it, learn something new.